Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have... Inez Johnson. Yes, we do. And it's so good, y'all. It's so good. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. She's so smart. Um, I'm just, I love being around smart people. Like (laughs) I love having a conversation with some people or ask them a question and then just letting them answer. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And that's what this episode is a lot about. So yeah. Yeah. She um, shares a lot of mm -hmm. tips and ideas for like staying organized because she has a lot of books. She has Mm -hmm. two pen names Mm -hmm. and she's doing translation. So we talk Mm -hmm. about that too. Yeah. But then yeah. we also talk a lot about um, mindset and mm-hmm. happiness mm-hmm. and the writing life. Yep. So. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. So what's been going on with you this week? Well, I feel like I'm still, I'm getting back in the groove after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm, you know, we're talking about this week, like happiness and balancing your writing life with your, mm-hmm. your goals and your happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to write mm-hmm. and get back to, uh, working out mm-hmm. and just doing all the like admin stuff. You know? yep. So I'm just yep. trying to like do it all, but keep it all in proportion, you know, or right. like in, I don't know what you call it, like balance, I guess mm-hmm. is the word everyone mm-hmm. uses. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, I'm, I'm, I've been good about walking, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to add back in working out with weights. And mm-hmm. it's like, I can't quite get it all down. I can't get the, yeah. running, <laughs> the walking and the weights. It's just like, like eh. it takes a lot of time. I know. <laughs> It does. So, and then you have to shower in the middle of all that. That's, I know. Yeah. I know. Just got a basic, <laughs> basic stuff there. <laughs> so what about you? What have you been doing? Uh, well, it's funny because last night I um, messaged Alessandra Tori to ask her something and she asked how I was. And I said, great. Just trying to recover from Thanksgiving. She <laughs> said, I feel this so hard. Um, <laughs> so I think we're all feeling that, but um I have done a lot of co- uh, consulting this week oh, right. because yeah. of my special, and it has been so fun, y'all. I love Good. it so much. I always think, you know, I hope I have something, you know, I hope, I, and it's just been so fun. I've enjoyed every minute that I've done it. And uh, so that's taken up a lot of time. Yesterday, I did three in one day. So that was a lot, like I was exhausted last night. <laughs> Cause you know, I like to talk, but that's a lot of talking and, um, my, you were talking about exercise, you know, my foot surgery that I had, uh, yesterday I was released to start doing oh. something so I can start walking. I mean, I've been walking on it, but like exercise like, walking, but yeah. I have to start slow and mm-hmm. I can wear different shoes other than my tennis shoes or that surgical shoe. <laughs> and, uh, the biggest thing is I can go barefoot, which is it's awesome. Like huh? it's, I, I never wear shoes at home. So, you know, that's unless I wear house shoes. Um, so that's been good. And I have done a little writing and I have, uh, done some, a lot of admin stuff this week and, but mostly it's been the consulting. So it's been really, really great. Well, I'm glad you've done that. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a great thing to do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny y'all, because when we get on a call, Sarah's like, like when we get on to do the podcast, she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And then by the end, um, she's like, you seem a lot better. And I'm like, I am. Cause we just got to talk for almost an hour. <laughs> You're like one of those halogen lights that are, yeah, where the, exactly. the, the, they start out slow and then they get brighter and brighter and brighter. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so th- this has really, uh, filled my well in a lot of ways, being able to consult and talk and, you know, my, I'm a two on the Enneagram. So, I love helping people. That's like, that's just my natural bent. And so um, it's really been great. So well, that yeah. is awesome. Well, good. Yeah, I'm thanks. glad it went well. Yeah. Me too. So we should probably get on with the show because uh, Inez has such great information for us all. Yes. Let's do that. All right. All right. Today, we're super excited to have Ennis Johnson with us today. How are you? I'm doing great, Sarah. <laughs> we are so happy you're here. I was, um, I looked at the calendar and went, oh, yay. So, 
Yes, it is calendar day. It's December 1st. So I'm changing over all of my calendars right now. And that's my favorite thing to do. Oh, well, there you go. Awesome. (laughs) And you're pretty organized. That's something we're going to delve into in the disgustingly organized, Uh, which we love. (laughs) Because I'm not. Yeah. So let me read your bio real quick and we'll jump right into the questions. All right. A lover of fairy tales, folklore, and mythology, Inez Johnson spends her days reimagining the stories of old in a modern world. She writes books where damsels cause the distress, princesses wield the swords, and moms save the world, which I love. Uh Inez lives outside Washington, D.C. with her two little sidekicks who are growing up way too fast. That's right. That's true. They're (laughs) they're grown now. They're both overseas right now, and I'm all by myself. Oh, oh my wow. goodness. Are you That's getting more writing bad. done? Yeah. <laughs> I am getting the same amount of writing done. I'm getting more admin done though. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. Because yeah. I, I get up before everybody gets up and I write and then the rest of the day is admin. So I'm getting a lot more admin done. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. That. Yeah. Well, uh, tell us how you got into writing. Oh, that is a story. Um, <laughs> so I grew up in a funk band. <laughs> There you go. Interesting. So yes, yes, my dad had a psychedelic green, like think Scooby-Doo. <laughs> psychedelic yeah. green funk band. He's a bass guitarist. And um, I credit that with, with me um, going into storytelling mm-hmm. because my dad, we, we would go to his band practices and he would, um, me and my brothers and sisters, he would tell us, okay, this is the story that the bass tells. And then this is the story that the keyboardist tells. And this is the story that the vocalist tells. So that was my first introduction to story, watching everyone play their own individual parts and then hearing how they all came together. And I think that was just formidable for me because I looked at everything else in the world in terms of stories and its parts. So I started there. I did. My dad told me I couldn't be a singer because it didn't have the the talent for it, <laughs> whatever. I was in one high school play. <laughs> anyway. um, but I took that from there. And then I, um, I, I love television. Mm-hmm. What kid doesn't? I love Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was, my dad allowed us to watch Saturday morning cartoons and anything that came on the PBS channel. And National Geographic was something that came on the PBS channel. So yeah. I then, I knew I wanted to go into television. So I worked for National Geographic for a number of years. And I also worked for doing children's media for a number of years. And Mm -hmm. all, again, all that was story. I just kept seeing story, 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 story. And then at some point when I was getting um, one one of my degrees and I had to write a dissertation, I thought this sucks. And I started writing romance novels. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's the story. That is awesome. That's great. Such an interesting backstory and working in television and mm-hmm. yeah. So that's really interesting. So what is your definition of success? I think, I think that everyone needs to define that for themselves because it, yes, it's monetary. I have a monetary definition of success, mm-hmm. but I also have my ultimate definition of success is do I wake up and I smile? Do I go to sleep and smiling? That's my true definition mm-hmm. of success, but it, but because I'm a goal-oriented person, um, <laughs> I like I like for there to be um, there to be structure to that. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm saying all this to say that I have surpassed monetarily what it means for me to be successful. I I knew what those numbers were, and there I was doing bills before I got on with you guys. Mm-hmm. My bills still come to twenty five hundred dollars a month. I gave a whole talk about this. My bills still come to twenty five hundred dollars a month. Not my business bills. Mm-hmm. It's the personal stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It comes to $2,500 a month. And my definition of success when I decided to become an author and to quit the, the, the day job was to make $2,500 a month. Mm-hmm. And at some point I started to surpass that. And so in my head, I was like, well, should my goal rise? Should it go up higher? Mm-hmm. And for a while I did that, but it made the happiness went away. Yeah, I was constantly stressing like, okay, so I made 10,000. How do I make, how do I double that and make 20? Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me that was like, these numbers are great. Right. They're causing you so much stress. Like if you don't hit this number, it's not the end of the world Mm because you are surpassing what you actually need. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that's so important. That was such a a hard lesson and such a valuable lesson for me to learn that you, you should when you, when you have a monetary goal, you should couple it with happiness and, mm. and let that be your guide. Oh gosh. I love that. Well, I, um, 
that's what 2020, 2021 has taught me, the pandemic, you know, that along with, I do not need thousands of grams of carbohydrates, but uh, (laughs) uh, I learned that one pretty slowly. But anyway, is that I don't have to make all the money. You know, there is a certain amount of money I need to support our family Mm -hmm. and to do the fun things and to support my business. But beyond that, I don't have to, and, and chase, like making that the primary goal. Like if it happens, I'm all, I'm here for it. I am here. I will be grateful. (laughs) We'll talk about it, but I don't have to do that. And if I'm not happy. Yeah. And I'm super stressed out because of trying to reach that. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. It steals the joy of what this job brings. So to me personally, that's what my 20 books to 50 K Vegas talk is really Mm -hmm. all about because I just, you know, it's just taught me that, that, you know, what's really important are the people around us and being Mm -hmm. around them and, you know, yeah. Anyway. I yeah, digress, I but no, I'd love I love that. I yeah. love coupling your monetary goals with happiness. I think it's yeah. so important. Yeah, I wrote that down because that's just so, so <laughs> well said. It's really good. Yeah, oh, and I love the definition of when you wake up and you smile, that's mm-hmm. what you feel is success. And I've, I totally agree with that because I remember when I was doing, you know, I had, before I became able to support my, myself with my writing and like my goals, I did other part-time jobs and Mm -hmm. I remember just being like, Oh, it's Sunday night. That means I have to get ready for work. And, and, and I don't do that now. I'm happy. And I, you know, I look forward to the work week, you know, Mm -hmm. it, you know, and then I also have trouble shutting it off on the weekend too. So that's a whole nother (laughs) subject. That's another podcast. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Uh, What do you wish you'd known about writing and craft? So, I think, I think the best thing is to to use what, you know, Mm -hmm. I am, I have, I, (laughs) I moved last year and one of the selling points of this new place was it had built-in bookshelves and I filled them as soon as I came in here. (laughs) So I love craft books and I am a hoarder. I'm a hoarder of knowledge. I have more degrees than I need than I have ever used. Mm -hmm. And I'm really eyeing going back to school. It's ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) to say that what is what has helped me the most is what I what I already do mm, mm-hmm. so I said that about my dad teaching me about the stories of, mu- of music and the notes mm-hmm. and that truly has been the guiding principle for me like I just keep I just keep repeating those patterns over and over again in watching television I would look at everybody's story and mm-hmm. see how they wove together in reading books I would look at everybody's story and see how they wove together so using what I already knew and just applying Mm -hmm. it to, to a new um, purpose. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the best thing. I will still buy craft books Mm -hmm. and I, and I, because I love it, but it's at the end of the day, I'm constantly going back to that original source. Right. Yeah. Very good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about marketing? Do you have anything that you wish you'd known about marketing? You don't like it. Your audience will <laughs> like it. Marketing never stops. It never yeah. ever stops. Never, never stops. It's the same. That's that's the hardest part. It never stays the same because as soon as you get it, something changes. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can accept that, right, yeah. then you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. But also, also realize that marketing is another form of storytelling. Right. So right. just as we like to tell our longer form stories, mm-hmm. if you can get into the groove of telling a shorter story and a different node, then maybe marketing will become your friend. <laughs> right. Right. And, and not take it personally when things change. That's, that's a big thing too, because I see that a lot in the community that pe- when things change, everybody starts taking it personally, like somebody's <laughs> out to get them. And that's not the case. It's just how it is. Also, marketing is not just paid advertising it's like yeah. covers and it's yeah. yep. it's blurbs and and all of those things tell the story of your yeah. book you know yes. so like you said yeah yeah well can you um think of can we dig into like how marketing is storytelling do you have like do you have certain examples that you, or example or two you could share of how you use storytelling in your marketing you know, 
the thing that popped into the pops into my head it's it it might not necessarily be storytelling but the thing that i that when i'm chatting with other people about about facebook ad graphics mm-hmm. or copy for an ams ad or something like that or even something that they're going to put up on um like if you're going to do a tiktok yeah people they authors i feel get very tied to what is actually on the page or what is actually mm-hmm. in their head mm-hmm. and i don't i think because i was a teacher for so long and I learned all the, the, the ways that people learn differently mm-hmm. and how I had to, to mold what I was saying to them diff- in different ways so that everybody in the classroom could get it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not precious about how I deliver a message. Mm-hmm. So I'm not precious about if I grab the graphic from um, deposit photos or somewhere to put up on Facebook and the woman has red hair and my character had blonde hair. Mm-hmm. If it's an eye catching image, that's what you use because you're trying to convey, you're not conveying hair color probably <laughs> in your book. You're trying to convey an emotion. And if a woman has a, um, like there's there's this gorgeous image of the, of, a, of a girl laying on a, on a huge white wolf. Like how often are you going to get something like that as an image? You're not. Mm-hmm. And just because she has black hair and not red hair, are you really not going to use that when that mm-hmm. totally conveys your story? Right. So it's things mm-hmm. like that. And and if, if your story is, if the, the, the theme of your story is about finding family and bringing everybody together, but it's a hot guy with his shirt off or something. That's, that's an image or, or something, mm-hmm. or if, or if you, if you really um, talk about how that this trope was best friends to lovers, that's the most important thing is the trope and not necessarily that at the end of the story that they, their whole family comes back together. Mm-hmm. People are looking for the trope. So it's being able to speak to people differently Mm-hmm. visually with a different part of the specific part of the story. I think that's, what's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of TikTok, um, I think TikTok is great because it has made me figure out how to tell my story differently and shorter yes. Yes. and be more concise. And sometimes I can't do that. And then it makes me go back and look at the book and go, wait, did I get off track somewhere? Because Ooh. I can't, I can't, boil this down to a eight second, 15 second little blurb thing. And um, so it's made me have to really dig in and find those pieces. Like yesterday I did one specifically and I did kind of give away something that I normally wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But when I was looking at what is this book about? Mm-hmm. That's what this book is about. Mm-hmm. And you have to give that to people on yeah. TikTok really fast yep. And really concisely, or they will scroll right past your thing. So anyway, I just, I found that (laughs) so interesting. And I also think that it's, I think it's good for us to have to dig in and find a different way to tell our story in marketing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it my turn? Sorry, (laughs) y'all. I got into the conversation. (laughs) What uh, what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career? And looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? The assumption that I made is an assumption that I think everybody makes. And it's if I publish it, they will come. (laughs) Yep. And they all didn't come, man. (laughs) So rude. I was so rude. rude. I remember... (laughs) The very first book that I published um, was um, December 2014. And I remember I was on a forum on one of those Yahoo forums. You remember those? Mm-hmm. And I had asked because I had no idea what to expect. And I was asking questions along the, the lines of what should I expect? And someone said, I made $20 in all of 2014 from my books. And I was like, bet, because I'm goal oriented. I was like, if I make 20 more than $20. I have arrived. Yes. And I did. I made, I think I made a hundred dollars that first month. That first book was like a 99 cent book too. And I made a hundred dollars and I was slap happy, but here's what I realized. Cause I, I recently relaunched that whole series and I made way more money. <laughs> so I realized that one, yeah, if you publish it and everybody's not going to come, but also <laughs> I feel like release day is kind of a myth, not even so much a myth. It's like a unicorn. And what I mean when I say that is that so many authors focus on just the release day. How do I do on release day? Do I get um, the ranking? Do I get the certain amount of money? But release day 
can be any day because any day you can find a new reader. If right. they're a reader, like I'm a reader, and if I like your book, I'm going to go look forever. I will stop what I'm doing and I will go and buy all of your books and read them all until I find a new, a new author that I like and I will stop what I'm doing and go in and find all of their books again. And there's a lot of readers like me. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of let, and this was something that wasn't making me happy too. I felt like I had to reach a certain number of rank and money on release date. It was stressing me out. And I was like, I really just want to, I want to release it and I want to go write the next book. Mm-hmm. And so now I just kind of have um, like a dance that I do around release day. There's certain things that I do every single solitary release day. I do it and I'm already writing the next book. Like I'm already right. I'm, I'm, I've already put up pre-orders for 2022's books and I'm writing on, into, I'm getting close to writing my spring books. Mm-hmm. And and I've got those releases set. I've got what I have to do for them set. And I'm doing what makes me happy. Get up, smile, write your book. Yay. Do some mm-hmm. that and then rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. So what I wish I'd known is, is that, you know, don't people will, they will come, but they might not come on, on release day, they, but they right. will come if you keep shouting about your books. Yeah. And that's the great thing about being indie published is you can kind of almost do a relaunch. You can you can mm-hmm. put books on sale and things that yes. maybe you didn't, you know, that didn't reach the, what you had hoped, Yep. then, you know, nothing's ever, ever done when you're in, you know, right, right, the right, admin's right. never done, but then yeah. your books always can have new life, which is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, awesome. have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? We always like to ask this question because we've all made mistakes. So. <laughs> I feel like I, I, I'm a mistake person. Like that is, that is kind of my jam. That is my superpower. I did a talk um, a couple of years ago for Ram about how I uh, basically failed my way to six figures. Yeah. <laughs> my model is fail faster. Um, I don't know what it is about me. Um, I, you, you tell me the fire is hot. I was like, Oh, can I, can I just t- touch it and see? Yeah. <laughs> just, not the best way necessarily the most safest way to live your life but especially in terms of business mm-hmm. i i'm like okay let me that sounds interesting let me try it i do think things through i think through um as many possibilities as i can but then once i've once i've thought it through then i'm ready to go i'm not going to i'm not one of those who's just going to wait and see unless it's an apple iphone update then i'm going to wait and see if mm-hmm. everybody else's phone crash before yeah. i do that exactly exactly right <laughs> But for other things in business, I will just, I will just jump on things um, because that's one of the best ways that I learn is mm-hmm. to watch it happening mm-hmm. and to watch what's going right and watch what's going wrong. And I'm a big questioner. I always want to understand why, why didn't it work? Or more importantly, why did it work? It's nothing that irritates me more than when I have a spike in sales on a day and I can't figure out why mm-hmm. <laughs> that drive. I mean, yay, that drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you want to repeat it and you can't, you don't know how. Yeah, exactly. I want to be able to repeat the process. And mm-hmm. that's what a thesis is going to do. A thesis is that this, this marketing idea will work. Let's try it and see. Oh, step one, there was a problem. Step two, there was, there was success. Okay, let's try it again. With a with a different process, like that's how my mind works. Mm-hmm. So failure is failure is not scary for me. <laughs> that's great, and I think that's important because we are afraid to fail. Like mm-hmm. in our culture, we're afraid to fail, but but we don't learn stuff, and we don't know what really works and doesn't work mm-hmm. unless we unless we fail. You know, mm-hmm. unless we try things, and sometimes they fail, and you go, okay, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, can I modify? It? so that it yes. might work later or do I need to just chunk it and do something else, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that mindset because yeah. I am a fear of failure person. Like yeah. I'm a risk taker, mm-hmm. but I'm also, um, I do fear failing because I feel like it's some sort of commentary on me personally, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, I mean, that's just a, I've been in therapy for that, but, um, <laughs> but I am seeing that it is just part of the process. If you're going to get better at something, if you're going to get bigger, especially if you're going to level up at something, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to fail to yeah. do it. Yeah. 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 It's a really healthy attitude. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like Jamie, I would rather not fail, but I'm, I do get out there and try things. Mm-hmm. So I'm just very, I'm more tentative. I don't throw myself in there, but, mm-hmm. but I, I really don't want to w- fail. And I think it's just, 
my personality, my background, but I think mm-hmm. it's really healthy to just go for it and, yeah. you know, see what happens. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, what about the opposite? Have you ever had something you thought was a great idea and it turned out not to be so great? Yeah, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So I have two pen names. I write under Ines Johnson, and that's mostly steamy paranormal and fantasy romance. Mm -hmm. And then I also write under Sinead Johnson, which is clean and wholesome, sweet Western romance, mostly military romance. Mm -hmm. And I did, I came out the gate doing really well with the Sinead Johnson clean romance Mm -hmm. stories. Again, military romance, wounded warriors on a rehabilitation ranch that had to get married in order to stay on the ranch because romance reasons. Mm -hmm. And a a year into writing all those successful books, I decided that I was going to write royal romance with these billionaires. (laughs) Man, I still love those stories, but I, I set my audience up to expect one thing. Yeah, that's what they kept wanting over and over and over again. And as soon as I changed that up, they were like, girl, what you, what, what you talking about? Right. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work. But here's the thing. I have to allow myself to, to experiment. Like I mm-hmm. got, don't tell my audience, but I got tired of writing those wounded warriors over, yes. and over, and over again. I know. Yeah. You know, that's what they wanted. So I had to figure out to solve this. I had to figure out, okay, well, they clearly don't want billionaires. They don't, they don't <laughs> want billionaires. <laughs> but I can't, I need to do something else um, than just be on this ranch. And so I just, I made an id list. I figured mm-hmm. out, okay, well, what do you love? And at the top of the id list was Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So what I decided to do is I decided to do some fairy, um, some, um, some Jane Austen retellings and Pride and Prejudice retellings. And I set it on a ranch and I'm having the best time. Oh, oh there you go. Awesome. There yeah. You go. yeah. 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 So oh, the id list, so that's from yeah. um, Jennifer Barnes, right? Mm-hmm. She that, she did a talk mm-hmm. um, at a couple of different conferences where she mm-hmm. talks about there's certain things that just appeal to us. And if we lean into those, there will also be people that will love that. Yes. And whatever mm-hmm. we love, that's what we should keep doing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I took what I loved with what my audience wanted and I put those two together. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. worked. Yeah. Very smart. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And there is something to be said for your readers love what you write. And mm-hmm. like, if you know, like for me, I know they love 1920s country house mysteries, mm-hmm. but after a while, I mean, I love writing those, but after a while I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready to go somewhere else besides a country house. Let's yeah. see what else we can do. <laughs> Can we take what they love and put it someplace else? Twist it just a little bit to keep it fresh and interesting. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Well, what's the biggest mindset change you've had to make during your career? We've touched on a couple of things, but what would you say? Yeah, we we, we did. We touched on the main thing was uh, was the the money goals, the money and the happiness. Because I have a lot of friends, and I'm blessed to have a lot of friends who make high six figures and some even seven figures. Mm -hmm. Like I am blessed to be in their ear and all of that. But, and because I'm, I'm goal set, I'm a goal setter and I'm also competitive. You will never know that I'm competitive because I'm only competitive internally. <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, when I, when you, sometimes when you see someone doing something, you're like, I should probably be doing that too. You, 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 you get that feeling. Mm-hmm. But again, that's when I came to that realization that if, if seven figures comes my way, I am not going to say no, but it is, I don't. I, I've, I've started walking the path to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that, that slipped away from my happiness because mm-hmm. it was a lot of stress and mm-hmm. it was a lot of, of, of doubt and what was me and what, why aren't my books tripling my income now? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just keep, I just keep doing the things that I love. I check in with myself every single day. And I ask is is this sparking joy? <laughs> it is. I keep going. And if it's not, then, you know, I'm going to sit down and figure, okay, well, well, well what's, what, how can I make mm-hmm. this feel better? And I really believe that, that, because the, as long as I'm doing what I love, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm not going to get run down. Right. And that's going to, that's just going to keep taking me leaps and bounds from where I currently am. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Very yeah. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, switching gears a little bit, we mm-hmm. also wanted to talk to you about organizing because um, 
I saw a post in a group that we're both in, in Facebook about um, how you organize your metadata, I believe it was, yeah. for your book. So you have a lot of books, you have pen names. I do. So how do you, do you have any tips like for how you keep everything straight? <laughs> <laughs> this could probably um, so, be a whole nother podcast, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> a whole nother podcast. Um, to, to keep it brief, I... So one of the things is I write in Scrivener and in Scrivener, I can, um, there's, there's tabs where you can organize things. So mm-hmm. when I'm writing a book, I have my organization in Scrivener, but once I'm done, I go, I switch to Google docs so that I can always have access wherever I am. And in the Google docs, I organize them by series and I write in series. Remember I come from television. Mm-hmm. So I write in series. So for example, there's a purple heart ranch series <clears throat> and there's 12 books in that series right now. So I have a Google doc and, I'll have just the the stuff that I need to know, like the series title, the Mm -hmm. subtitle, the categories, the keywords. And then each book gets its own, like, you know, how in Google Docs or even in Microsoft Word, you can have a table of contents. Mm -hmm. Each book gets its own uh, place in the table of contents. And I put everything in there. I put the the URL links. I put the affiliate links of everybody, Amazon, Google Play, um, Kobo, everybody. Um, I put the I put things like when I publish it, when I publish the print, put the ISBN. So I put all of that in there. And it's and I started doing that with with maybe my second book because I start was I don't like to have to look for things. Mm-hmm. And because you're so smart. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. So every every single series has this all the way all the way down. I keep my my um my promotions in there too. So I organize my promotions by seasons because I think in three months. I think quarterly. <clears throat> so I will have uh, fall 2021's promos and I list them all there. Sometimes I'm even good enough that I will t- write out how that promotion went. Most of the times I'm not. <laughs> but I put all that information. I put um, marketing information in there too. So if I'm um, tags to, if, that I could use for Facebook or an AMS ad, mm-hmm. I will put um, the copy the graphics in there as well, just so I can kind of see the evolution and see what was working and what was not. And mm-hmm. I keep all that there. But what what aside from that helping me organize, like I'm wide. And I when I say I'm wide, I mean I am wide. Not just Amazon, Kobo, Apple, I um Barnes and Noble and Google Play. I um just uploaded well, I've only done Shanae. I'm going to do in that once we get off talking. <laughs> I've uploaded all of uh, Shanae's books to Publish Drive. Um, they're all on draft to digital I just did the draft to digital print. They're all mm-hmm. on England Spark. Um, the, I'm doing translations. I'm putting those up there as well. So that made it, it, it only took me, uh, Shanae has 32 books, mm. probably 33, because I released one or two books since I wrote that number up there. And it took me about maybe maybe two hours to to upload all of the print books and then wow. all of the um, ebooks to publish Drive because all I had to do was copy and paste, copy and paste, copy mm-hmm. and paste, and all of my files are just um, are in Scrivener, excuse me, in Vellum uh, f- folders. And I, what I was waiting on was the upload process. Mm-hmm. Yes. copy paste, upload, copy paste, yeah. upload, and it became just automation. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That awesome. <laughs> wow. So when you say you have, so you have a document, like a word, mm-hmm. like a Google doc. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not like an Excel spread. It's not a Google sheet. It's just a word doc. Or, it's just a word doc. No, no, no. I, mean, I have friends that use the Excel spreadsheet, but that didn't work for me. The Google doc worked for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like spreadsheets. I, <laughs> I, they just, they're just not, not my jam. <laughs> so I can see, I can see the benefit of doing it the way you do it though. Cause then it's all, mm-hmm. you have kind of the table of contents thing on yes, the side. So you can click on. from one thing to the other quickly. Exactly. Mm. I have a blank one that I've shared with friends. I'm happy to, um, to send it to you guys. And I don't, you're, you're welcome to share it with your audience. Wow. That'd be okay. Terrific. That'd be great. We can put it in the Facebook group. Yeah. And we'll put it in the show notes too. So that'll oh, be, yeah. 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 Thank you. That'd be terrific. Thank you. I would love that. Because uh, I realized after my first book that I, no, I went to put up the third book. So I was going to change the back matter, you know, in all the books. I could not find my vellum file for my first book. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's terrifying, right? Oh, yeah. Terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. Never found it. No idea where it went. So I had to create a new one and it was not good. I mean, you know, it just took time. I didn't need, I was like, how is that possible? Like where, where did that thing go? And oh it wasn't anywhere. I couldn't find it anywhere. So, oh you know, gosh. I've got chills on the back. Of I, know. I know it's horrible. It's horrible. So I'm like, yeah. 
That would be awesome. Oh, Not super. I do better now okay. after that incident. But uh, before that, I was like, I'll remember where things are. And, you know, of course you don't. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were also saying you're a big planner. So like you're already planning and already writing yes. for the next year. So how do you do your, um, like you're planning for your writing? So I love a Kanban board. I learned that mm-hmm. from Sarah Cannon, a heart on, she does mm-hmm. the heart breathings channel on YouTube. Yeah. And um, I saw her pull up this board with post-it notes and I love post-it notes very, very much. <laughs> I love different color pens very, very much. Uh-huh. And it worked for me. It just absolutely worked for me. If I know you, we're on video and other people can't see, but you can see my colorful Kanban board behind me. It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> yes. and, I, and I'm a task person. Like I like, I like tasks. So what I do um, um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to start like really planning for um, the first quarter, January, February, March of 2022. I know all the books that I'm going to be writing um, in 2022, but I, we'll break it down to, okay, well, what are you writing in January, February, March? And I'd like to stay a quarter ahead. Like I'm finishing. I uh, No, uh, I don't remember. I don't know what I'm writing. <laughs> I'm writing some book, but it's for next quarter. Mm-hmm. So I'm a quarter ahead. Um, and so I plan, um, I plan the books. I'm going to plan the books that I'm going to write in Q1 of 2022. And both of those books are going to be for be released in Q2, March no, April, May, June of 2022. So that's how I, I like to think about it. But even though I say I know all the books that I'm going to write in 2022, I am, I, I've learned really quickly, like, don't put that in cement. Don't you dare put, I will not put up pre-orders past 20, past Q1, because sometimes things change. Remember I said I had a yeah. failure with the Rebel Royals. I saw it wasn't selling. And mm-hmm. so I had to quickly wrap up that series. So I make sure that I'm nimble enough that I'm only planning a quarter ahead so if something changes, it you know I'm, I don't have like twenty pre-orders up, yeah. and now I'm, that series wasn't that series bombed. It's not mm-hmm. selling, and now I have to right. I have to pivot. Yeah, so you're right. not locked in. Yeah, right. that's really smart. Yeah, I'm a big chicken with pre-orders. I don't even put one up <laughs> until I have a draft because it just it stresses me out. Yeah. But for some people, it really like spurs them on. Motivating. So you have yeah. to kind of figure out how you work. Yeah, yeah. So besides your organizational tips, what are some other tips you would give people for managing pin names? (laughs) (laughs) Does Ness have any tips for her madness? Um, (laughs) The first tip I would would say is make sure you actually need a pin name. Mm -hmm. Like I needed a pin name because I have a steamy Mm -hmm. um, books and then I have books that are Hallmark sweet. And yeah. those two audiences, like the, the steamy will cross over to the sweet and be like, oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. The sweet will not even give you one ear to yeah. cross over to the steamy. And I completely understand that. And they'll hold it against you. Yeah. Oh. In mm. your in your steamy, I mean in your sweet. They'll oh, hold it okay. against you yeah. as a sweet author. If yeah, they I said heck in a sweet book oh. once and I got an email. Oh wow. Yes. Wow. You don't yeah. have to curse. But anyway, it's okay. <laughs> it was a sweet old grandma. And I apologize. I apologized to her. And I was like, okay, I hear you. Yeah, I but hear you. I didn't change anything. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that you know, make sure that you need the, the pen names. Mm-hmm. I, it's my opinion that if you are going to write like um, reverse harem and you're going to write contemporary romance, like I don't think you need two different pen names for that. You just need mm-hmm. to let people know you really tight on your branding. Mm-hmm. So that's the first rule is to make sure you actually need the pen. Right. Name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then after that, because people want to, people always ask me, well, do you have two websites? Do you have two social media handles? Do you have two Twitters? Do you have two. And no, because I stink at updating my website. I do have two websites. Mm-hmm. But I stink at updating them. It's the last thing I think of. The the post the posted notes for update your December your website for December are still there. I had mm-hmm. a release today. Is is Anessa's website updated? No, it's no. not. <laughs> so I know play to your strengths. I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy TikTok. I've seen you on there, Jamie. I enjoy TikTok. <laughs> like I will I will go and play there. Mm-hmm. I will go. I love doing Facebook ads and AMS ads. Those are fun for me to figure out because it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. Whenever it comes to storytelling, I will show up. But when mm-hmm. it comes to like maintenancing a website or putting up a picture for Instagram, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So 
if you're going to have, if you know that you need more than one pen name, then make sure that you are doing the things that you're constantly doing in your first pen name. You will probably do that for your second pen name, but I don't even remember my Twitter password. So I'm not going to make a second Twitter. Yes. If I don't, if I don't go there. Yes, right. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. very good. That's very good advice. Cause I think people pe- run themselves ragged a little bit thinking they need all of this stuff for two pen names and they don't, they just need the things that they yeah. naturally do. Yeah. 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 Yes. I do love Twitter. I like to play on Twitter. I think that's a very good way to say, I mean, not Twitter, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. I, I, I like <laughs> to play on TikTok too much probably. <laughs> Well, we wanted to ask you about translations because mm-hmm. you yes. are launching or you're doing quite a few, right? It's like, so what are your thoughts on translation and, <laughs> and who or what language would you suggest to jump you into ask it? Ask me something about failing fast. Did, did yeah. <laughs> well, I'm right so. there with you. I'm doing them too. So. <laughs> So don't do, Inessa's about to tell you a cautionary tale. Don't do what Inessa did because I ran into it. I did think about it, but I ran into it and I saw the, the plan that I had didn't work the way that I thought. So here's what I did. I knew that because um, I have, I'm with a, a small press and they had translated one of my steamy books and they, they showed me the numbers. And they're like, German, this was German. This was German. It was steamy paranormal. It's vampire romance and it's doing really well. And I was like, wow, I'm getting into this. <clears throat> so I knew that Steamy was doing well. So I, I wanted to pay for Steamy out of pocket, mm-hmm. uh, pay for it up front. But then I was looking around at my suite, at suite in German and not just German, but Italian, French. And to do this, go to like, just, you can just go on Amazon and mm-hmm. go to amazon.de, which is the German mm-hmm. store, or amazon.it, which is the Italian store, go to the stores and look and see what's selling. Mm-hmm. I went to the stores and I looked and I saw what was selling and Steamy is doing really, really good. Steamy Paranormal, Steamy Contemporary. Germans are freaks, apparently. <laughs> so I knew I knew I could make my money back with that. Yes. But when I was looking for the, the the sweet and the clean, I wasn't seeing a lot. I knew personally of some people who were doing well, but when I was looking at the the storefronts, I wasn't seeing the the clean and wholesome stuff, the Western romances. I wasn't mm-hmm. seeing them show up prevalently. So I was nervous to, to invest my money up front. Right. So what I did is I did a I went to a royalty share company, and there's two of them. There's Babel Cube and there's Tech Time. And you can do your research on both of them um, if you decide to go this route. But I, again, I'm a, I love a process. So I got in there. I jumped in there. I figured out the process of working with Royalty Share. And I saw that, hey, this is great. I can do German. I can do French. I can do Italian. I can do Portuguese. I can do Spanish. <laughs> yeah. You got yeah. a little, little too it, much going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So and I and I not only did I go into different languages, I also tried to um, get one translator per series. And I've got a lot of series. Right. And so I, right now I have a lot of big ones in mm-hmm. different languages that mm-hmm. are up. And these readers are just like we are. They like to binge. They like to know that the next book is coming. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I have one book up in multiple languages, mm-hmm. multiple series in multiple languages. Don't don't be like a nest. Don't do that. <laughs> What I recommend you do is you choose one series and I can't say choose your best-selling series or choose this or that. Go and look on these platforms and mm-hmm. see what's selling. And if, if dragon romance is selling and you've got a dragon romance, even though maybe that's not your best seller right now, but if you see it selling really well in France or you see it's really selling well in Italy, mm-hmm. then I would recommend that you, that isn't that the smart thing to go with that and to get that whole series translated in that language. Mm-hmm. Start to move like that. And then once that series is making money, then use that to pay for mm-hmm. the next book. Don't mm-hmm. be like a nest that just threw a whole bunch of money at all of it. And now she's waiting as it slowly trickles in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, so may you, be, you may be glad later, you know, when once, yeah. once it's all yes. done, you'll probably be really glad. But exactly. it's, yeah. Cause it's for me, I'm doing only one series. I did the okay. first three what? books in one series in two languages. Mm-hmm. And that's like way more than that's I can handle. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally agree to start slow and kind of work yeah. up. Yeah. 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 So Jamie, what um, well, I was going to say, do you recommend using the, the, um, profit share, um, models? No, the royalty share, um, the royalty share. Yeah. Ro- models. 
I'll give this to you too. I did a presentation at RAM this year um, and I, they asked me about translations. I'll give this to your audience too. The little handout that I made. Mm, thank because you. What I, <laughs> so, so there's different routes. I, mm-hmm. I'm answering your question. I'm just going to mm-hmm. answer it in a roundabout way as I often That's do. That's okay. So you can go direct where you have um, basically an agent or a translation mm-hmm. company, take mm-hmm. your books and right. they, trans- they do it all for you. And then, you know, they pay you. Mm-hmm. You can also do the royalty split. Right. Most of the royalty splits, I think Babel Cube and Tech Time are both five years. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the split is on a sliding scale where the translator gets most of it. And then slowly you get more of it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But, and then there's you pay for, for it yourself. But, and this idea came from Tanya and Crosby. And I totally, I told, I think I jumped on it before she actually did it. <laughs> she had this idea to go and do it through draft to digital. Oh, because draft yeah. to digital has a royalty split. And she thought, well, why can't with a collaborator? And she thought, right. well, why can't you be the author and then the collaborator be the translator? And then draft to digital handles all the payments. They which would be was, awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. So I, I I started doing that and I like that the best. Mm. So I can no longer recommend a royalty split company. Right. I would recommend doing it through draft to digital. What I, what I did learn from going to the royalty split companies is some of them um, pay a translation grant. Mm. And I like that idea because it gets you a higher quality of translator. Mm-hmm. So because a lot of these translators, like they, you can get them for as cheap as one cents a word mm-hmm. to higher than eight cents a word. And mm-hmm. you, you got to figure that out. And when you hire a translator, I think what worked for me is hiring the editor first. Mm-hmm. I went to places like Upwork and um, Reedsy, mm-hmm. and I looked at, for example, German um, proofreaders and copy editors, and I would make sure that they had experience with romance novels, mm-hmm. and that became my partner. Once I once I vetted that copy editor, and you don't you, you you can have both, but you don't necessarily need both a proofreader and a copy editor. You have to make that decision for yourself. Right. But once I found an editor. That became my partner. Mm-hmm. I then had my editor vet potential translators because that's their native language. Mm-hmm. Because I've built a rapport and a partnership with that um, that editor, and they work directly for me. Mm-hmm. Then I was able to find translators to then do the work that the editor would say, "Oh yeah, that person is doing great because X, Y, and Z." Mm-hmm. And they get your voice, and they they took this crazy 80s word that only exists in the U.S. and they figured out how to translate right, it. Right, so, right, right. So stuff like that, like you build that kind of rapport. Mm-hmm. I, all that to say is I am happiest. I'm happiest paying, I should be happiest paying cash because I, I'm making the most money when I pay cash because I have complete control over everything. Mm-hmm. But my second happy place is going through the draft to digital um royalty split because I have more control than I do over the royalty split companies. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's I great. That's, I think that's a really good tip. And I haven't mm-hmm. tried that yet, but I think that mm-hmm. could be really good. And it's really interesting that you're doing that you find the copy editor. Cause in my mind, I was like, I need the translator. And then I just find, you know, or mm-hmm. the, the translator finds the copy editor proofreader mm-hmm. and handles on that, which is kind of nice because then you don't have to do so much management. Yeah. That can but, work. But yeah. then you, my then you're always wondering, did the people I have vet the translator do a good job? Right. Yeah. You know, so there's like a it's like a catch-22 almost. Yeah. So yeah. So that's, that's a with, really when good you hire tip. the copy editor. If because for my with me, I hired more than one translator because I wanted right. them working on don't do this again. <laughs> I was working on more than one have them working on more than one series. So that's why the, the copy the editor was my my person. Yeah. And they were basically yeah. managing the trans and they were kind of helping you manage all the oh aspects. that's great yeah exactly. yeah that's really smart yeah mm-hmm. yep yeah i had to fail yeah. a couple of times before i figured that out <laughs> <laughs> but see now you have a great system but so now you that's know. really good that's right that's right <laughs> well tell us what you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success has been post-it notes and color pens man there you <laughs> <laughs> That and I, I, I surround myself with good people. Like there's drama. I mean, we write drama. So there's yeah. drama in this industry. And yeah, I'm sadly. one of those people. Yeah, I'm in my hidey hole. I only yes. come out to, to talk to certain people because when I see drama, I'm going the other way or mm-hmm. I'm using it in a book. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. Drama, I'm putting it in a book. I'm not going to tell anybody else, but I will put mm-hmm. it in a book. 
So I really, because you, you also, you, you get that hysteria a bit. Mm-hmm. This is a scary business, especially mm-hmm. yeah. if, if this is where all of your income comes mm-hmm. from. And there's, if something changes, mm-hmm. it's, it, it can be scary. Mm-hmm. So I don't, and that hysteria can kind of just go from person to person to person to person. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really protective of my circle mm-hmm. and who I let into my circle, which like if you if you meet me at a conference, like I'm happy, chatty, bubbly, I will tell you all the information. Like I will happily brain dump all right. of my knowledge. Right, right, right. right. But I'm I'm I will talk knowledge to you. I don't like to talk the drama stuff. I will politely excuse myself and go to the bar. Right. I, this is this is business. This is really, really business. And and mm-hmm. I, I I keep it professional. I, I will yeah. try to make you laugh, but I, but mostly I'm going to keep it professional right. all right. the way. Me too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. I, no. And I'm always the last to know about the drama. So <laughs> um, yeah. that's good. So in some ways. It can be good. Yeah. I'm like, I, I didn't know that was happening. So. Um, and yeah. that reduces the stress level too. Yeah. When yeah. you're mm-hmm. kind of oblivious in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. It's super good to surround yourself with people that are level-headed and think like you have the same values think like you think Mm -hmm. you know it's good to have people that are a little more ambitious than you Mm -hmm. because they kind of prod you a little bit and then it's also good to have people that are like okay but do you have to do that yeah the question the premise people people. yeah so that's great very good well it's been awesome having you here I have loved it yeah it's it's been been great great. thank you for sharing so much so many tips and ideas and all this the stuff that'll be in the notes so but where can people find out more about you Mm-hmm. So if you want, you going to make me come go to my website and have an updated it. <laughs> go to my Amazon profile. There you go. There you go. Go to Ines Johnson's Amazon profile, or go to Shanae Johnson's S H A N A E. Go to that's my middle name. Go to her profile, you. and you will find everything up to date there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that sounds terrific. Well, that's we nice. will have all the links in the show notes, and um, we just want to say thanks for listening today, and thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast. And we'll see everybody next week. Thanks Bye. for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.